Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast and in today's episode we have the man, the myth and the other bald legend, the other half of the bald brotherhood on the Gold Coast, Mr. Alex Connor himself, fearless training expert and brand owner and he's got a great online business and I'm hoping he's going to drop some absolute knowledge bombs on all things fitness, fashion because he's got a little fashion brand going on as well, he'll tell you more about that and mate, how are you? Mate, I'm well. Thank you for the very uh, glorious introduction. I think people are going to expect someone better. I, I, I hope I can live up to the expectation, <laughs> but I'm humbled. I appreciate mate. it. Um, Girls, check him out. He's chiseled. Oh. <laughs> um, mate, I'm well. I'm well. It's been a productive week, and uh, yeah, lots to share. Happy to be here, mate. Thank you for the opportunity. No, I, pre- I, no, mate, I appreciate you at least turning up, you know. It's, it's, it's good not getting stood up for once. <laughs> 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 I never stood up. Not, not another ball legend. Can't give, do that. Give us, give us your little um, elevator pitch on who you are, what you do, and how you do it, mate. For sure, for sure. For the audience that don't know you, I'll keep it short, sharp, and sweet like myself. So, when people ask me, you know, what do you do? First of all, I usually tell them why, because I believe that's the most important. So, I do what I do because I believe that everyone should have the right to have their health or have a better health, right? Yeah. yeah. So my my. What drives me is the the ability to coach, lead, and inspire as many people as I can in a way that is sustainable, flexible, and enjoyable. And I do that via educating people rather than just telling people what to do. Yeah, you know, and and letting them know about or creating an awareness around what are the actual fundamentals to training, nutrition, and fundamentally lifestyle. And that gives me purpose. And there's nothing better and more valuable when you can change someone's life and enhance their best asset, in my opinion, which is their health and health and relationships. That's it in a nutshell. Well, do you know what? That is down pat, mate. Like, let's cheers to that. Mate. We've got a couple of cans of Red Bull here. I was going to say, he's bought me a Red Bull. (laughs) But it's bloody bit. You know what? It's funny. When I was a kid, I used to, um, used to you know, people say, "Oh, it tastes like medicine," but I like the taste of medicine. Yeah. In a weird you way. Sick fuck. Calpol, <laughs> yeah, mate. Remember Calpol? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they'll know that. So we, so just Cal-Pol's just to give you give you a bit of a background. We he he's northern northern from northern England. I am yeah. northern English, and and I'm southern, right? So this is why this works so well. There's a little bit about the back and forth. Well, that's it, mate. So give them a bit of an insight into where you're from in England and obviously how you obviously came over here mm. and obviously started this business. For sure, for sure. Well, I was born, I was technically, technically born in Liverpool. Liverpool. But I don't talk like that, you know. Hey, 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 hey. Well, I got some chicken for tea, like, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but my, my, see, so my dad is, he is uh, English and Scottish and my mum is Irish and Italian, uh, but my mum was born in Manchester and my dad was born in Warrington, and then I grew up, or well, we grew up in Witness. Yeah, 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 I know the place well. Yeah, right? And it, so people always say, you know, over here, where, where's that? And I always say, well, do you know where Liverpool, you know Liverpool football, everyone knows Liverpool, right, it's about 10 minutes away from that. But obviously, as we know, for, for our people in the UK listening, um, you know, it's, a, it's 
the UK is very unique because you can go five minutes up the road and get a different accent, you know, and yeah. for such a small place. I mean, America has a similar with the States, but in the UK, it's it's on a smaller discrepancy. You know, yeah, like yeah, you can yeah. literally go, like, even in Liverpool, you've got, like, Everton, you know, yeah, versus yeah. Oh, Liverpool. But yeah. you, you've, got, you've got those different sort of distinguishing accents, which I think is I'm really fascinated about. But, yeah, look, I uh, grew up, there was one of those kids where I was always like climbing trees and, and, and dressing up as superheroes and going on a bed. I was just active, mate. I was 100 miles an hour. And so anything that was to do with movement, I did. And my mum and dad, when I was young, they didn't really play much PlayStation. And that was I was quite sheltered from that. I was always encouraged yeah. to go out and play. And I was fortunate to live next to uh, my cousins, which were about sort of uh, next door but two, if you like. And they were a similar age. And so we'd always go out and play. And my mates at school, we'd you know, get on the bikes and whatnot. And you hear a lot of these memes now where they go, you know, you never had a phone, but you always found your friends. Yeah, which is quite... Yeah, very, I very much remember that from the 90s. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you yeah. did, didn't you? And I sort of was thinking, I've reflected back on this a few times when those sort of things have come up in an email. Like, oh, it's true, actually. And then, you know, you got home on time, the street lights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it kind of just worked. But you, you think now you'd be lost. Like, oh, I would have meet up with you if I didn't have my phone and this, that, and the other end. Part of it's a little bit sad. So, always a really active kid, and then I had a fascination with motorsport, Formula One. Yeah, yeah. And my dad used to watch it, and I remember I, I would watch it, and I kept going on about the cars to my dad, like to the point where I was like, right, I'm going to take this kid to a go kart track. So, went indoor racing in Northwich, of all places. Absolutely loved it, became a club member there. And then within the year became club champion. So I used to go and, and race. And I was yeah. always like the smaller guy. So they'd have to like pack the seats out with, <laughs> with like polystyrene and, and, you know, and put the things. And nothing's changed. <laughs> and and that's, that was always like custom there. And everyone was like, well, look at that little kid. But he went in and it was just weird to kind yeah. of see. You know, I was like, now, from my fans who are a fan of PlayStation, uh, CTR Crash Team Racing. CTR. Yeah, Crash Team Racing. I've never heard that one. Yeah, so Crash Team. Crash Crash GT GT. Nah, 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 that's the golf, mate. (laughs) 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 No, but CTR was Crash Team Racing. Remember, it was like Crash Band. Oh, Gran Turismo is what I remember. It was great, mate. Gran Gran Turismo was a game. That was a game. If you were a nineties kid, Gran Turismo was a game. That was the bollocks, mate. And Metal Gear Solid. Now you're talking. But but in the crash realms, that was a thing. But I was gonna use an analogy, people who know, there was there was the like the little polar bear thing and he was always like just above the seat and that was kinda of like me. Yeah. It was always like when the helmet was just there, he was like is there really someone driving that car? Um, and yeah, I got the bug for it, mate, and we had some second cousins. We used to have these big family get togethers, my mum, you know, being Italian. And we used to go up to Manchester, I think it was every two weeks or, or every once a month from memory, we'd have these big feasts and there were some second cousins on my mum's side that had immigrated, uh, or should I say migrated, to New Zealand. And they showed us a video, my Uncle Albert put it on, and my dad was like, oh, wow, that's a beautiful place and whatnot. And he was interested. Anyway, we went, ended up for a holiday. Again, long story short, eight months later, we were living there. And obviously, it was good to get help from Helen Bill and the second cousins and the family there. And it was also a good opportunity initially to go outdoor racing. So that's when I started with single-seat karting and, and moving up from there. Yeah, and that is is originally my first dream, and then the years were as the years went on, I moved up. I, I did well, but you know, I just didn't have the sponsorship. So yeah. I had a little it's bit. It's expensive sport at the end of the day to to, to compete in, isn't it? You need look, you need a lot of money. I had some sponsorship. I had some great mentors. We did well. 
in hindsight, what I would have had to do was actually go back to the UK. Yeah. I needed to be around more spotlight where I could have possibly, because I needed sponsorship, right? Oh, I needed to get into what they call now the driver programs. So you've got the, the guys now, they're in the Mercedes, they're in the Red Bull. It's how a lot of these guys come to be unless they buy their way in. But the guys who don't have the money, they get into these driver programs and they sort of like academies. And if, if you do well, you they sort of bring you all the way up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that really from where I can understand it now is what would have had to happen is, is that how like someone like Alonso and people like that get back into racing and things like that that's how a lot of the guys get in unless they buy their way in yeah. um, which which they do but they're generally not good drivers if they do that because you yeah. want to get the talent so you know I mean I could name names I've, I've raced with a lot of guys who are now professional but I, I don't want to be that guy like oh I used to race with so and so so I think for me now it's or like, anyone that's racing at top top level yeah there's some guys but I don't name them because I don't want to be I don't want to use their, like, I was riding on their coattails, or oh, I used to be racing with these guys. I think for me now... Did you ever beat any of the top guys? Yeah, for sure, 100%. And I think a lot of the guys, I'm not taking any anything away from these drivers, and this is why I'll never name them, um, is because they they are good drivers, but there's a difference between a driver and a racer. And a driver is someone who can drive a car around a track very well, and a racing driver is a completely different breed who will get absolutely everything out of that car no matter what, every single time. And they just have another gear that they go into, and it, it you got it or you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe I had that, and I did. I won a lot. Uh, I had a lot of success in it, but it was just, I just didn't have... It was me and my dad versus guys in teams with two cars, like yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, mechanics, yeah. and you know that gets you so far. When I can beat around the track, but they're knocking me back on the straight because I've not got the tune and I've got the engine. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you need so expensive. It's, you know what I mean? My dad, you know, and I, had a, I want to be able to pay it forward to my dad and my mum because they work so hard to be able to like give me that opportunity to actually do that. So I'm very, very fortunate. But for now, uh, well, for now, at this point in time, you know, I fell in love with the fitness journey and, and that comes a little bit later. But I just, I want to stress that because that is one of my first loves and that's why I have a, an interest in motorsport and you know, I have a bike and I like my car. But I would love to fund my own racing team one day or be able to give it back and, and help give yeah. someone else the opportunity because I purely, like, training for me is therapy and you know when people say you're in the zone. And yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. when I am in, in the zone is when I'm in a car or on a bike and I'm just humming along. I'm not, not doing anything stupid, but just, for me, it's therapeutic. And that's hard for someone to be able to understand because sometimes they think there's nothing more disruptive than a loud engine screeching tires. But when you get in a flow state, and it can be playing an instrument, it can be you know um, playing golf for some people, whatever it is, everyone's got something different, but you can get lost in it. And yeah. for me, that has always been driving, and that will always hold a special place in my heart. So. After sort of that um, chapter, I guess, came to an end, uh, it was, you know, I was at, I was sort of entering college and it was like, you know, what do we do and, you know, what do we do now? And I, the only thing I loved was physical was education. training, yeah, yeah, I liked, yeah. I like biology, right? And um, my dad always, my dad always trained, my mum and dad, they looked good and uh, I sort of got to a point where I was... Your mum and dad in top shape? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, um, like, phenomenal shape, credit where it's due, they're in their 50s and they're in great shape. Um, it's got like, the lifestyle for it here, though. I don't think that in in other countries like like the UK that um, people eat as well as people. Australians eat very well. They have great access to facilities. Um, do you know what I mean? Like everything that everything. I mean, look. Have, have you? Did, could you ever imagine as a kid going down to the beach in England and having a barbecue with gas mm. that's free and someone cleans it before you use it mm. and cleans it after you finish with it? Mm. <laughs> like, like it's, it's unbelievable here. It is. I mean, I, I put a post on Instagram the day and a few 
few fellow Brits commented on it, and I said, oh, you know, just just before you might get a bit entitled or take this for granted, where I come from, I'm not saying like, you know, there's a lot of people that come from worse, but, yeah, you know, this is a dream, where yeah. we come from, yeah, it and is. it's also a footballer's lifestyle. It is. To, it to, is. to have those world class, and be able to do I it feasibly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. You I resonated with it. You were the one who commented. I resonated with it. I resonated with it. I mean, when you think about it, and we do, we get a bit like we take like right now. We could literally be doing two minutes on a world class beach. Yeah. If anyone listening who's, who doesn't live in this area, like we are, like it's and and not only that, but you know, you live nearby. It's feasible. Yeah. You don't have to have something like completely like million dollars in the bank. No. You know, to live a good lifestyle, you can buy your food. Yeah. You, it's not super dangerous at all. You know, and so it doesn't really have any downfalls. Hence, why Australia is one of the best places to live in the world because yeah, it ticks it all is. the boxes. It is, and for I the wa- most part. And I want to talk about that with you today, right? So, I would say that we are both. When we're not, in 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 England, there's a class system. There definitely is a class system. There's not so much a class system in Australia, but in England, there's definitely a class system, and you've got lower, middle, and upper class. I believe. Mm. I don't know if you agree with that. Mm. I would say that me and you are both cla- would be classed if we were classed as anything. As middle class kids, from one from the north, one from the south, that's right? It. That's it. Yeah, I how, agree with that. How? Just explain, like, your how it's changed your life moving over here, because I want people to understand the how polarizing polarizing that is. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it really is. Like, this is this has so changed my life, mate. Mm. Like, it, 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 I can't even describe to you how much it's changed my life. I was earning 25 grand a year as a carpenter at English heritage level, running sites, doing, doing, looking after buildings that are a thousand years old, and then I come here and it's just like a different level. So I just want, I just want people to understand your experience of that. For sure. Well, there's an important chapter, and I'm a bit, my, I guess my circumstance is a little bit different because a lot of people's stories that I've listened to generally come to Australia in their teens, right, or in yeah. their early twenties where I moved to New Zealand when I was 10. So I've spent 10 years in England, 10, in, 10 years in New Zealand, and one more year and I've done 10 years in Australia. So, yeah. you know, where am I moving to next? It's a bit like I'm doing it in 10s. So, you know, I was I was very young when I moved away from England and I, you know, was establishing my good mates, your best mates. We were about to go to college. We were about to go for all those new experiences. Um, you know, you, That's you, difficult, isn't it? At 10 years old to move from the UK. It's very difficult. And the biggest thing was change because it wasn't like people go, oh, you know, you come over and it's great now and same in New Zealand. But it's like, yeah, but when you're 10, it's, it's, it is good and it isn't. It's good in respect that you don't have to worry about like your parents will sort you out, like they'll look after you. You know, you don't have to worry about finding a place and getting food and all of the basic necessities of living, like that's sorted. But it is scary from a standpoint that you don't have the social skills yet or the character or even a little bit of character to a degree. We call them the minerals in England. The minerals, mate. To be able to, you know, initially go out and create new relationships in a place that is so very foreign as it was at the time. Um, and you know everything was very different although it's not New Zealand and Australia and England have a lot in common there was a lot of big differences Mm. and you know I got picked on a lot faced a lot of adversity that's one of the things that led me into strength training and weight training because you wanted to put on a bit of size because you were maybe smaller at the time yeah yeah. because I wanted to not be vulnerable you know I didn't want to be so it's like a protective coat almost it is I call muscle the armour and it tells a story and and it wasn't to intimidate people and it wasn't to ever become the very thing that I despised or, or got picked on bullied by but it was to be able to protect myself or perhaps deter people who wanted to pick on me purely based on the way I looked sounded um you know and was put together and presented myself 
So that that was a big challenge, but I learned a lot from it. And there were there was a time where I was a bit sour about that, and you know maybe struggled a li- little bit with it. And it was never anything really bad bullying uh, compared to what goes on now. But it but it was enough, you know. And I think we've all had it. And it was a character building face, and it learned me, you know, it taught me a lot about adversity and, and why you know social dynamics and why people do what they do, and and that it is normal that most people lot go through it. But it also gave me a lot of passion and fire and drive towards things that maybe perhaps I wouldn't have stumbled across as easily, uh, even martial arts, things like that, but then not doing it for that extrinsic reason. So I always say most people get into weights for the wrong reasons. They they do it for a superficial element, like they want attention yeah, yeah, from yeah, women, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Or they do it because, like me, they got picked on. And this is true. Generally, you ask anyone, they fall in one of those two categories. The third is obviously they just want to improve their health, right? And that's what we'll generally say, but we're masking it. But then at some point, that changes, and the reason why you want to do it is it becomes from an extrinsic motivation to an intrinsic. So then you go, no, I actually enjoy this, and I'm doing it for me now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because yeah. you, you now know who you are. I think you start to know who you are at, like... 26 27 as a man you start to realize you know okay i'm kind of kind of figuring myself out here and i think by the time you get really towards 30 you 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 really have got yourself down pat a bit more yeah correct yeah exactly right and and i and i'd even say on that and again i'm gonna i'm gonna go off on tangents here mate so if you need to mate mate you you pivot wherever you want to bring bring it back this is a boxing ring and it's a podcast let's go mate it is you know and that's it we're gonna dance around we're gonna dance around because you know people who know me will be sort of nodding their head going yeah here we go Uh, you know because when I'm talking with someone you'll remind me of things and the stories and I think there's little things that are important so I'll share them where I can but hey if you want to bring me back on path go for it Um, and one was that when the Commonwealth Games were here a couple of years ago in the Gold Coast I was on a right and I was on a tram um, just actually outside here back from work at the time I was working at Nike and there was a whole it was like you know I taught 21 it was what we do as Brits and we yeah, had like yeah. this collective of people on this which tram. is frowned upon isn't it talking to other people yeah. it's like when you when, you, when I first came here and I said loads of people on the beach mate it was like people just looked to be gone out yeah <laughs> like whoa but, yeah, carry <laughs> but on, it's mate. like a, a friendly thing yeah. and there was a couple of people on the tram we got spoken to and this sort of group of like I guess 10 people around me and my friend and you know one of my work colleagues and and these people we were all sort of different ages and I, and I just threw out this question and I've always sort of asked these different questions but from a perspective of I, I've, I want to learn not that I've got any hidden agenda like I want to get something from you just like oh it's good to learn and I've always been of the mindset I was taught very young that if you can listen more and ask people who have more experience you 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 can get some gold nuggets and you will generally get a, sort of a script in advance uh, but you can learn from anyone young, young or old and I remember asking him, and we got onto this subject of age, and I said, well, hang on a minute. And I said, right, so you're how old, you're how old, you're cool. I said, right, so if now you could choose to be an age, whether it's older or younger, where would you go back or go forward to? Yeah. And it was funny listening to everyone's opinion. Like, you know, the younger people want to be older, the older people want to be younger. Some people wanted to stay the same. And the, the, the diversity between people going, well, actually, you know, I, I thought I was, I knew myself at this age, but now it was actually this age. You know, and a lot of people actually said older. Like a lot of men uh, went with with uh, late thirties, and a lot of women went with late twenties. It seems they develop a little bit earlier. Yeah. And the men sort of took a little bit longer to to find them. And I feel I'm the same. I feel like I'm still, I've not reached my prime. 
no, 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 still, no way, bro. No I, way. I still feel there's a lot of learning that I've got. I mean, I will always learn, but I still feel like with with like if we're looking at say the peak, yeah. I feel like I've still got such a long way to go, and because I'm learning so much more now than I was, and and I've always been a bit of a, like a late bloomer with everything, or. I'd, it would take me a while to get my head around something, but when I did, like, watch out, because now you're in trouble, because I will really do it very well, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially if I'm passionate about it, hence, hence uh, with the strength and conditioning um, that I've cons- stayed consistent with, but, you know, you sort out the, 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 the people who know what they're doing, and I've learned that education, and I've, I'm constantly applying it, and, and, and I'm now following that trend, right? I'm always learning, so that pays off over time. But yeah, it's it's an interesting facet that one. So I just thought I'd go off on a tangent there. But and again, I encourage people to be curious and ask questions. And if anyone ever says it's a stupid question, fuck them. Don't like always literally ask. And if you don't understand, ask again. Ask again. Don't be afraid to ever put your hand up, whether it's in an academic setting or anywhere else, and ask. And if people look and laugh at you, then that's that's on them. That's on you. Because if you like, be curious in life. Always ask questions. And if you don't get it, keep asking. What are the biggest questions in fitness that you get asked by your clients? The way they're struggling. The biggest questions I get asked are binary questions, black and white questions. Meaning, for example, what's the best food for insert food here? Yeah, fat burning. Yeah. <laughs> how 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 yeah. long is it going to take for me to achieve insert goal here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, is I mean, this food good or bad? You know, it's like the binary meaning uh, black and white, yes or no, and and they don't they don't exist. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's one of the biggest challenges with education. Who is that guy that me, like you shared that guy on Instagram the other day? The guy I, that I, goes, yeah. oh yeah, I don't know. The guy that goes, hey guys, if you're looking for the fat burning food, this secret food burns fat, guaranteed. Sign up, sign up, sign up to my email. Yeah, and he's a nat, he's, he's a natural what? Ecto, what do they call them? People that natural. Me, the thing is, like the thing is, he's got he's got a decent physique and whatnot. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I do stuff with my shirt off a lot. But the thing is, he's not being true to the knowledge he's... he's yeah, he, not, he, um, not, he knows. He's holding pro, stuff pro, back. Promoting. But yeah. he's not holding stuff back. He actually doesn't know. Um, yeah. And he's trying to sell you something which is relevant. He's, if, if anything, he's, yeah, he's convoluted. Because he is trying to create an illusion that there is a secret that, that and there isn't. And that is class market. Well, it's not yeah, it class is. market. But that's marketing 101. By going... By saying something that is, you know, on a free platform, or he's paid to be on that platform, by then getting you to click because you want to go, what, what is that? What is that What's secret? The next, right? What is that secret? Um, but there is no secret, yeah. and, and that's the problem. And I sort of feel compelled to share that because there's some things that are just borderline, absolutely absurd. Yeah, 100%. that I see, and the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because on my fitness journey at the start of my fitness journey you know I, I fell prey to not a lot of those but I did waste a lot of time and I wasted a lot of money and it wasn't it was my own fault because I was looking at things and going oh you know well, maybe I need to do this program yeah, or so and so's program and I was reading the bloody shiny magazines or I was like oh I need to buy protein Muscle powder fitness. that's going to make me jacked you know yeah, and you just yeah, all yeah. and it, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors isn't it yeah and it's all out of whack and it's so the answers are very very simple Calorie deficit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> calorie deficit, calorie surplus, to a degree. And, you know, they're right under our nose. But because of all this marketing and all of these people now and all these influencers, and there's some good ones out there, but a majority of them are just full of shit and they know very little. Mm. Uh, they don't have good ethics or, or values and they're willing to sell out whether they're aware of it or not by promoting something or creating a false impression to get people in to pay 
you know, a certain amount of money or whatever or whatever it is. But yeah, no, I don't know who that person is. But I, I try to, you know, these thread. I, I try, I try and um, I will. I do. I slay a lot of myths, you know, on my podcast, as you know, and throughout all of my media, and I'm constantly trying to educate people, and I'm getting somewhere. And I feel I'm always trying to team up with those other practitioners, uh, clinicians, athletes, you know, people, humans who are doing the same because the strength in numbers, and we are a minority. You know, if we were going to band ourselves together to a degree, but it's not about us versus them. It's just about saying, "Hey, look, there's some people out there right now who, you know, morally they're not probably where they need to be, and uh, to to save you or to perhaps help you, give you the tools. And it's not to say that, hey, we want to, we we've got to put a bandaid over it, and we've got to help everyone, we've got to yeah. save everyone. No, you yeah. have to be your own hero. We have to give you the tools to think critically, and this is the difference between thinking critically and binary. Thinking critically allows you to problem solve and ask better questions. So instead of a client coming to me initially when I perhaps don't know them or I don't work with them and they say, Alex, what's the best food for this? They will never ask that question again like that to a degree after a certain amount of time because they will ask a better question. They'll go, hey, what are some foods that are going to help me meet X requirement? Yeah, 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 because they know that's part of a yeah. bigger picture. I want to raise my protein, so what can I do to do that? Well, you can exactly. eat this, this, and this. Exactly, you right? I mean? Exactly. And then we start to come at it from a different angle. And then when things like our friend here comes on Instagram, you might initially go, "Oh," and then but then you'll go, "But I know that's irrelevant now yeah, yeah, because yeah, I've yeah. learned that." And again, yeah. it's just the marketing won't work once 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 you have the confidence to know what you're talking about in terms of and how your and how your body works and what what things work for your body. Because not everyone's body is the same, contrary to common opinion. Correct. Once you, once you the know, science will always work. The, si- the that, science that, will always work. And that's part of the problem there, though. You see, because people think that they need to eat for their blood type. Nah, or that's, or that's or, ridiculous. Or, you know, there are... and, and uh, So the biggest myth is the somatotypes. So somatotypes are the ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. So that is just a way to describe someone's body composition at that moment in time. It does not put you in a box and say that you cannot become something else. Right. So that's the biggest thing. So I didn't. Know, I didn't know this, by the way. No, so you, I, yeah. Oh yeah, this is the most common one. Well, one of the most common myths. So, and I used to believe that. I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking mezzo. It's like, no, you, you, <laughs> that might be where you're at now, and that might be the way that you're biomechanically designed to pre. You're predisposed for that, but that doesn't mean that you can't gain muscle, lose fat. Now you can't make you can't make yourself taller. Or, or shorter or you'll change your you can change you your wear high heels on the weekend you say no, I mean I wish I could make myself taller right <laughs> <laughs> well you actually there is you can but you, can, know, you, you can get your legs broken do you know no 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 you don't have to do that no, no, no not I, the I, shoes mate yeah go on <laughs> not the high heels shoes I would not go insert they give you inserts in shoes see that's see because that that for me is like I bought Alex's shoes and he's now six foot Hey, I'd need the fucking big the big high heels for that I see I looked at that and went, that's so insecure. Okay. Because if, no, here's the thing, right? So what is is what happens in my head there. I meet a woman, I go out, I meet her, I come back home and drop a foot, right? Now, different for a woman in high heels, you mm. know, yeah, obviously. And but then you, she's like, fuck, hang on. And then, and, and she's like, oh, why, why, why are you considerably small now? And I go, oh, I've got heel raises in my shoes, if I'm honest. And she's like, why are you doing that? Well, when I appear taller. Well, no, why, do, why at, am I not just comfortable at, the way yeah, I am? Yeah, but at that point, <laughs> at that point in time, Alex, you could actually explain it quite visually. You could say, well, look, I, God had a choice in the initial creation of me. He said, would I put the extra five inches on my height? Or would I, or, or would I put it here? And then get your leg out. 
<laughs> um, I always say you can't have everything. Mate. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I'm bored. I've said Legos. You know, I'm bored. I'm sure, but I got a big dick. So you can't have everything. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's it's yeah. all it's all good fun. But yeah, look, and that you know that was something I was very insecure about when I was young. I was always I was always a smaller kid. I was always short. I, you know, I still am. I'm five six uh, at yeah. best. 168 centimeters it might be 5.5 I don't know but the thing what I started to learn from from people who had more experience and were more mature than me at the time is that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because you can't change it I mean yes you can physiologically but again to go through that surgery and that you've got to be sick in the head to want to to want to do things like that there's like three and a half billion people in the world that could match you anyway like in terms of like but here's the thing right but it doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter anyway because the thing is if you that's not what okay so if you have a partner and they go well that's the criteria I want well they might do but if they really like you and you create rapport and attraction then it, it doesn't matter yeah it's relevant it's relevant a yeah, lot yeah, of the yeah. girls I've been out with have been taller than me and I've not gone out for tall girls I mean I don't go for physical traits anymore although that I want them to be attractive I go after more mental traits I, I was a bit worried though when you had that last girlfriend that was 7 foot 5 <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this 2 foot's destroyed this me, is man. Barbara hey how you doing <laughs> whoa now we've got, we've got off topic now but anyway mate, we, we, mate I like it because I, I at the start of this podcast I thought it was just going to all drop some stuff about training and oh, we can everything that. like that mate we are we are we, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get the, into it but the thing is so much more to life there's, there's so much more there's the so biggest much, element 100% and, and like, I, even just finding out like I didn't I didn't even know that you did, did the race the race driving and stuff like mm. that and that led on to the fitness element of mm. what of why you built Fearless and everything else you've got to be fit when you're driving man yeah I, oh, mate 100% I've got mates that, I've got mates that are drift racers in the UK <sighs> and and that's some serious like so when I you're know. drifting on the side it, it, the amount of g-force you got yeah. in the car like and your ribs just take a mate you know what it's funny i feel like you after a race i feel like someone's had a go at my ribs i've been in the round with mike tyson remember yeah. the face is all right because it's been in the helmet but your ribs are just torn yeah you used to wear rib protectors and everything and even then you still get because you're in this seat and even if you've got it fitted you just even the formula one drive said so they jump back in carts and mate it's like getting smacked about yeah it's, literally it's, your ribs are just bruised yeah, no, uh, no, man. Because of the G's, and the people don't get it, man. Those those carts, and we're talking outdoor now. Like I'm talking professional. So people go, oh, you get carting, and I say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking like 150, 170, 200 k's plus you in know, something that's one inch off the ground. Like it's quick, mate. You know that German girl, Sapine, whatever her name is. I don't know. No, she no, she she's like she races at Nuremberg. Nur- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She presents German Top Gear. Oh, absolute never weapon of a driver. I've never, I've never seen, seen German I've Top Gear, but she's sometimes she was Did sometimes she? on the English version. Okay, she's like speaks real good English. My mate races with her in a races around that 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 whatever you just no called it. Mate, it's a classic. It's, 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 it's a different level. It's, iconic. It's, a, it's a different That's level. Iconic. Different level. The, the way these drivers drive around that track, though, mate. That mm. that's a different level, of, different level of fi- kettle of fish. Mm. Let's go back to to training, right? Because I want, mm. I really think you can drop some massive knowledge on this. Yeah, Give me obviously your ideal type of client. The client that you can help the most right now is what type of client? The person who has the right attitude. Right. Okay. And what and what do you think? What what do you think is the right attitude for people going to go, like? What do, what is the main problem with people's attitude when they when they turn up to the gym? They're not willing to change, and they're not willing to possibly adopt some new mindsets, and also they're not willing to look at themselves in the mirror and take ownership. Right. 
Right. And, I, and, and in my personal opinion, I think throw the scales out the window. I think you should just look at yourself. And if you look, if you're, if you look at yourself naked in the morning and you're like, yeah, I would do me, <laughs> then you're pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, it, it, all jokes aside, I always say to people at the end of the day, I'm like, you want to look in the mirror and you want to be proud of what you see, right? And who the hell in their right mind is going to say no? Everyone wants to look good naked. And yeah, that should be a massive part of it, 100%. And people put too much emotion in the scales, especially females, but we use them as a metric. 100%. And we definitely need metrics, but yeah, you should definitely not put your emotional worth just in the scales, and nor should you put your performance or your goal. So guys will say, I want to get to 100 at 10%. I'm like, right. Well, 100 what kilos, you, you mean? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, so, that's, a, that's, that's like a... Yeah, but it's an arbitrary. But the thing is, I mean, that goal, might yeah. be right for someone who's six foot and big, but like, it depends on your build, right? But I always say to guys, you know, they say, I want abs. And I say, right, I want to be 4%. I'm like, right, do you want abs or do you want to be fucking 6%? Because, you know, by what we know, 12% you'll generally have abs. But, you know, if we got to this percent or this weight and you still don't have abs, would you keep going? Yeah, right. So do you want the number or do you want the abs? No, I want the abs, right. So we all go for a look and a feel. We don't go for the number. But therefore, the numbers help us guide the actual results. So when we manage the numbers well, okay, and that's generally where I come in or a good strength coach will come in and go, right, we're going to facilitate, say, yeah. girth measurements. We're going to do skin folds. We're going to do weight over time. We're going to do the numbers. So we're going to make sure that we're increasing strength. We're yeah. some girth measurements, progress pictures phenomenal don't yeah. need no bullshit dexa scan don't need no body impedance shite or any of that there are some good ones out there but it is what about un- the pinch test it is unnecessary the skin folds anthropometry yeah, yeah. again it's, don't need it you don't need it but it's but good it is good if you've got the calibrated yeah. one so we have the yeah. harpenden ones are the gold yeah. standard made yeah. in the uk shout out represent um it's harpenden or nothing mate but look even then it's not necessary you know that that is surplus to requirements but for comp prep athletes and something that when we look at performance, if you've got these tools, it's a great investment because it's your error. If you've experienced in taking these measurements, you can do it. It's literally a two minute job. You don't have to fucking measure the joints. You should generally do it, but again, you can actually use- Use okay, your fingers to gauge it, you can yeah. Use your guide, you can get in between, and at the end of the day, if those metrics, as I've been taught by much far more experienced coaches than me, if those metrics are moving over time in the right direction and you've got you'll some get, sort of calibration and consistency then you move in the right direction right? Yeah, yeah. so the thing is I always say to people I want to know my body fat they say I said take your shirt off or you know like let show me a picture of you you know and you can, just, you can just tell them I can, I can tell them sometimes with the clothes on and that's not because I'm a magician that's because we can get based on science a, a, a visual cue and guide because we let's, know let's, let's do something let's do some science right now by the law of here we go don't take, shirts off don't take, hey. don't take your pants off <laughs> What body, what body fat are standing naked. Um, so you you are, you would be between eight to ten percent body fat. Like, but and I might be wrong. Yeah. But the thing is, here's the thing, right? It's Generally, different. if you've got right, if Shirt you've got, on, by if, the way. if you're a, and this is different between yeah. male and female, yeah. because female run at higher body fat percentile than men, based on childbearing purposes, etc. Hips, booty. they also hold it in that position. Women always go, oh, hold it here. Not always the case. Not always. Okay, yeah. hormonally yeah. discrepancies will will stipulate. Uh, and men are generally, you know, oh, can't get my arms out. It's my guts. Like, yeah, vital organs. You know, and again, that's why that education because that's why it's kept there, isn't it? Protect the vital organs. So, if you understand it straight away, you're now one step closer to being able to, you know, make a better choice and make a better action to change it. Because if you understand something, therefore you can go about creating a plan to change it. Where if you're like, well, I don't know why this happens, so straight away, no one ever educates people on that. You know, it's not hard, you just go, look, this is normal, and this is why. Oh, right, cool. So it's not just me. It's like, yeah, every guy struggles with it there, man, of course. Now, we are there are differences, but this is generally speaking right 
Um, but yeah, so it, for males, if you're if you've got visual uh, visible abs like you have, you're generally generally gonna be. 12% or lower. Thanks, mate, for saying I got visible abs. That was nice of you. All right. Yeah, but you can see that. You weren't, you weren't, he wasn't tensing, all right? And he wasn't in half natty lighting. So, <laughs> so you know, there was, there was that there. And then for females, it's slightly different, okay? So that scale. So you can bring up, there's a couple of really good diagrams that you can bring up, um, and you can you can show your clients, hey, look, so here's a progress picture of yourself here, and you can say, look, so based on this, we can see you're generally within between this and this, right? Cool, great. But here's also another visual cue. You go, right, you take a picture or you look at yourself in the mirror. Now, if you're a guy and you look down and you can't see the old fella, you've got a gut. You're going to be high body fat percent. Yeah. You're above 20%. If you look down and you can see visual abs, you're below 12%. So why do you need to know if yeah, yeah, you're yeah, exactly yeah. 11, 12? You don't. What you need to know, it comes from physique athletes who get up on stage needing to know where they are moving over time. Yeah, for example, yeah, for sure. are we still losing body fat? Yeah, and even then, there's things that mask that. And are we then getting leaner? So do we know the nutrition is working, the training? Do we need to make an adjustment, etc.? For the general population, hate that word because no one's general. But for the majority of people, let's use that, who want to improve their body composition, it is not necessary to, to know exactly what body fat percentile they are, but to know whereabouts they are and are they moving in the right direction over time using those basic metrics. Because at the end of the day, if you take your shirt off and you're happy with what you see and you've also, you know, you've got a sex drive, okay, you've got, you're, you're not mad hungry, you're not totally food focused, you can still go out and eat with friends, mate, that's where you want to live. That's where you right? have the lifestyle. That's where you want to live. Right, going around, and there's a lot of people out there go, oh, no, you can't have Chicken abs. and broccoli. Oh, yeah, or you can't have abs without fucking. It's like, you, you can, but that does take some time. But the thing is, like, being peeled and having abs and being like having lines in your ass and having no sex drive and looking like you're a bloody ice addict is completely different to having your abs out, still having some body fat, and having still being able to, your ass looks like an ass, having a sex drive, going out and having a burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's different. So I'm saying, like, comp prep, there's nothing wrong with it. If you do it right, wouldn't recommend it for most people. That is a can of worms. If you want to open that, we can. Something that I like and a percentage of people like. But for the most part, I would discourage people to do that and I would get people, I would say the 80-20 principle, um, where, you know, why not... Shout out why, Richard Koch, who invented that. Exactly, the man. Why not have the 80% of the results without that last 20%, but still not have all the 80... On the other side of it, the other 80% of all the, the shit that comes with getting that extra 20%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And most people are never going to get on stage anyway. And even if they want to, you can go, look, this is what it's about. It's a dick measuring competition. As much as the... There's a lot the, of dick swinging the, going on in the gym, is, mate. But, but at the same time, you know, the real, there are some great federations and I, I do support them and I'm not rubbishing at all. And but, but what bodybuilding should be about, physique sports should come back to what it was about back in the day, which was the culture, yeah. right? Was the, was the community, was the aesthetics, was the symmetry, was the process yeah, of yeah, getting yeah, into yeah, yeah, world yeah, yeah. class. Frank, Frank Zane. Frank Zane, mate. Perfect exactly. Body. That's the one. That's the guy that's the one that got his book I'm, I'm big into it and now we know that we can achieve that frank zane like body personally naturally and it has been done genetics aside so you know takes years it takes a long time um, the guys out. now obviously ifbb the, the big you know you're gonna have to take something i myself don't condone it i never have never will uh if you're gonna do it, do it right and understand. What is the way you do it right though? The way you do it right is by, under, first of all, educating yourself about what a performance enhancing drug is and what it actually does to the body. Yeah. And then by actually doing it naturally first and finding out if you can be dedicated and actually grow as much muscle as you can naturally before then jumping on something that's gonna just take you to the next level. 
And if you do, you need pharma- pharmaceutical grade stuff. You want to be going. To you want to get get it from the doctor. You need a physician to look you need, over you. You, need you, you look at a lot of the top guys. They're they're not fucking around like some of them are. But a lot of the guys, you know, they're they're going to the doctor. They're getting their regular blood checks. All right. Yeah. They they're making sure that all the health markers are in check because the thing is, you take this stuff, and at some point, you've got to take a large dose. There are detrimental effects no matter what, and this is why we see, you know, without naming names now, a lot of champions. I mean, a lot of Ronnie Cole, a lot of yeah, one, but a lot of the guys with that, but they're suffering, man. They are suffering. Mm. I mean, and if that's the lifestyle you want to lead, go for it. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, but the thing is, unless you're completely obsessed and you just want to be as big as humanly possible, then do it. But understand the consequences because at some point, the Grim Reaper is going to come knocking. Yeah. And the thing is. Every, it's like the law, you know, the Edison as well. Every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Yeah, for sure. So all these young guys now are just going, want to get big, want to look good, and <clears> want to go out, want to look intimidating, want to look good for some photos or get on the stage. But then, fast forward. Gonna wear silk, silk. Yeah, fast forward <laughs> three years, they can't get the girlfriend pregnant, and they're on fucking peptides because they've fucked all their hormones up. It's like now, how much of a man do you feel like? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like by all means, if you want to take neck. performance enhancing drugs. Do it, but know the fuck what you're doing. And and for most people, it's going to be a phase, so don't do it. You can still get very large naturally. You will have generally a better quality and longevity of health. And if you are smart, you can look very, very good. No matter what your genetics, everyone can own a good, solid, better than average physique. Everyone. But it does take a little bit of time. But that's like anything. If you want a better income, you got to work about it. If you want a better apartment, you got to work about it. You want a better relationship, you got to work a bit harder. So why is it any different when it comes to a physique or anything else in life? We just think something should fall on our lap, but they don't. It's the pursuit that I love, though. That's it's the pursuit. That is the journey. That's what it should be. It's, it's all about. It's all about the journey. Like if 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 someone like it. It took me five years from becoming a professional boxing trainer, and to, from the day I, the day I got grant no, the day I got granted my pro license mm. as a boxing trainer, nearly practically five years from the day I got granted a license. I was I was at world title level, you know Jeff Hall and Gary Cochran. I was in the corner for that fight. Mm. Eleven thousand people in the stadium, all that stuff. If I'd got that day two after becoming a boxing trainer, it devalues what devalues the hard work. Mm. There's there, there wouldn't have been, it was because of the five years pursuit that it was so valuable to me and such a such a big thing in my life was because it took me five fucking years to get there. Yep. It means that the barrier to entry is set so high, not every fucker can do it. Correct. Right. This is the whole. This is the whole point. I, I think people miss that. Miss that massively. Like yeah, the whole. Huge, the whole. Huge. The whole point. People are not doing the time, you know. And this is the same whether it's a good physique. We'll talk. We'll, we'll, well, first of all, you've got that route. So you've got look. Anyone who's got an above average physique, regardless of what they've done or taken, has to have a certain amount of knowledge. I'm not saying it's good, but you have to have done at least some time in the gym under the bar yeah, on yeah, the yeah, weights, yeah, right? Yeah, regardless, yeah. shifting because you things. just can't get that by just taking a pill or paying someone like you got to work for that and that's yeah. one of the things I've always loved about health and fitness <clears> is that it, even if you take it there's no cutting corners in terms of you still got to do the work to get to a certain point yeah. and then obviously if you then go and look at someone who's done that naturally then it's like fuck man you must know some shit and man you've probably been doing this for a while regardless you generally don't get many people who are completely just you know stupid or out of the loop if they get into that point because they would have learned something along the way. They, they must have a certain amount of knowledge to be able to acquire a physique of, of that stature, even if they've got the best genetics, um, to a degree. And then you've got the coaches and the personal trainers who are not willing to do the time. Yeah. Where, for example, you know, they, they're, 
a lot of them now are before their time in terms of they some of them jump the gun by they get a big following on Instagram and all of a sudden they're an online trainer they've not even done a year in the gym yeah. they may have got a fairly decent physique but yet they've coached next to no one they've not they've not been in the gym floor they've not been on the tools they've not worked they've not done it and it's like man you need to go and do that and you need to generally go and do it for years despite that and you should always in my opinion be sharpening that sword yeah. you should always be leading by example whether, so how, whether, how many years do you reckon how many gym hours and how many years do you reckon it takes a trainer from from becoming a personal trainer to being able to train people online well, because it, this this is what I want people to, this is a golden nugget I want people to take from this mm. podcast because then they can identify who the best online trainer is for them because mm. they might be looking at people on Instagram now going he's the best online trainer but he might have only been a trainer for 12 months yeah. now have now have 30k followers because he's a good looking dude or a good looking girl yeah. so like so let's give people this like I think you can empower people with the knowledge to, to for yeah, that 100% well I'll give you this right because I think this is what well first of all there's no certain amount of time right, right. so there's the whole 10,000 hours to become an know, expert master, yeah. Like, yeah. which you know is a is a good rule of thumb but everyone's different because it depends how many hours you do in a week, it depends on how consistent you've been, it depends on how fast you learn, there's so many variables, it's not fair to say. But you need to do years, generally. So two years, one year? At least, at two least, years. minimum two years. At least plus, two years. Plus, and that's like balls to the walls doing some sessions, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it depends on how you run your business. Uh, and then there's there's a couple of things off that, so then you should start, mentor, I think a really good way is to, first of all, you know, if you get your qualification, first of all, you've got to look for a good qualification, um, but then that's just your barrier. That PT that's, course that's, is not worth shit, No, mate. that's your barrier, mate, that's your, that's your learner. I passed that in six weeks. Mate, that's your, exactly, that's your learner. Then you need to go, you should be going under a qualified PT or like learning or mentoring yeah. from someone and you could be continue, you should be continuing education, viable, viable resources. There's lots of good ones out there and I can give you them at the end, the ones that I've come in contact with. And then, for anyone who's looking right now for a trainer, three things. Have three things about what you want to look for. And here they are. Right? The first one is, is the person leading by example? Not are they fucking shredded. Not are they jacked out of their mind. Not have they got an ass that you want, all right, or 20 fucking million Instagram followers. No. Are they in somewhat in good shape? Because you need to be in good shape. You need to be in fairly good shape, right? You don't have to be fucking shredded. Are they then doing what they practice? So, for example, I'm a physique coach. I generally have a better physique than someone who's, say, a, a fucking Pilates instructor, right? Not to say that that it's subjective that it's better. But in terms of someone who wants to gain muscle, they're going to go to me over the Pilates. Someone who wants more flexibility may go to the Pilates, although it's an important factor. So are they practicing what they, they preach in terms of this is what I specialize in, this is my area, this is what I love, this is what I'm about? They should be practicing that, you know? Are you a fucking strength and conditioning coach? You should be fairly fucking strong then. Do you know what I mean? To a degree, or at least be getting people strong. The second one is that. The second one is, are they doing it for other people and are they doing it on a consistent basis? So for example, if again, they're a strength and conditioner or a physique coach, are they building physiques? Are they getting people strong? Yeah. Are they yeah, lowering yeah, body yeah. fat? Are they adding value? And then also look at how long they've been doing it. And again, you know, it's gonna someone who's a beginner, you know, you've got to take your time, you've got to work with people, you've got some testimonials and credibility, but what are those clients saying about you? What are those clients saying about them? See what, see where they're this is the see, three stages to do. That's my little three steps there. I just look at that and straight away I go, right, one, are they practicing what they preach? And, you know, do they look fairly good? Like in terms of depending on what sort of athlete or coach they are. Two, you know, are they doing it for other people? And three, what are those clients or those people they've come in contact saying about them? Right? You walk into a tattoo artist studio 
and you go, you know, you walk up to some guy and you go, yeah, tattoo, what have you done? And they go, I've got nothing to show you. You go, what do you mean you've got nothing to show me? You go, you, you and you. you. Well, they'd have to be, wouldn't they? Because otherwise you'd have work to show yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I know a PT is different, but in terms of your, the way to gauge a PT is not just by their physique, it's the work they've done for the people. So a tattoo artist will show you a portfolio of their work right the studio they work in they'll say hey this is what I've done this is who I've worked on and now that is why like tattoo you as a personal trainer need to spend a certain amount of time with clients getting real results right because otherwise you can't prove that you know what you're doing but if you've got a good physique people go well that's enough no it's not it's not enough you need to be able to get consistent results for people over time if you are practicing what you preach by saying, hey, I specialize in this and this is what I develop. Yeah, yeah, or I specialize yeah. in this, right? At the end of the day, you're paying for a service and yes, it's all well and good going and training and having fun and you've got to have fun. I'm, I'm very, very conscious of that. And I was going to say enjoyment's clients, massive. Have, we have the big laughs because I'm, I'm training people I want to train and I'm being me. I'm not trying to present as someone I'm not. Right, so I attract the right clientele. But, you know, we've... But we've got to get results. And the bottom line is a lot of trainers are not getting them. They will be able to show you, like, and it's not just about the photos, but they will have very, very few referrals, um, testimonials is the word I'm looking for, credibility, people who are like promoters, fans, mate. Very few, very few they will have, right? Not many. And it's like, hang on, you've been working in this industry for 10 years and you've got two fucking photos back from 1970 to show me about two clients. You kind of helped. Come on, man. If you're really good at what you do, you should have... And you've been in the industry. You should have walls. You should have pages of testimonials. Yeah, and you should be yeah, yeah. dripping with them. People yeah. should be knocking on your door. If you are good at what you do, you will never have to look for clients apart from the early stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when once you, start, you build a reputation, that's everything. It carries you through, doesn't it? And that is what I've learned from the best mentors and the best best coaches in the game. That they never have to look for clients, right? And that has started to happen for me now over the past 12 months because my journey, for those who weren't aware, I started when I was 17, which sounds ludicrous. I was very young. I started PT in New Zealand. And then I moved to Australia and I started chasing rainbows. I started chasing money. I didn't want to sign up to a gym. I was fearful. Uh, but I was always training people, so I sort of did the odd one-on-one here and there. And I'd sort of go to a gym and I'd sort of train a few people. Then I'd do a bit of online. So I didn't have that same depth. So I did about two years in New Zealand. And then I came here and I was like, mm, maybe like part-time PT for many years worked for Apple car sales retail you name it learned a shitload right and I always say to people I learned my craft but then it was time to face up with a few difficult conversations of putting my money where my mouth is and going well if you're that good all this time you've been learning and grafting and working with people but not with the same volume go and do it if you're that fucking good so and that's when I decided to to put to put real, 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 real skin in the game and um, and sure enough when you do your time and you invest that time, it takes time, then you will then get organic clients and referrals and people will just contact you. And that is what I'm very grateful and very pleased to say that now I generally, I'm at a point where I, I, I don't go searching for clients. Like I put my podcast out, I put my YouTube out, I, I, put, I share information, that's all I do. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and just people get, just come to you, and people just come to me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm out, I'm out, I'm not getting some sun on the roof. That's what I do at EMF, and I'm getting phone calls. Hey, I'm interested. In, I don't know this, you know. Like yeah, yeah, I know yeah, this yeah, person yeah, from yeah, the yeah. gym now, but it's like out the blue. They're like, hey, I'm interested. You know, I wanted, and it, and I'm, I'm very grateful. But that is all from just doing very good work with people, keeping your head down, 
valuing every client and getting fucking results and delivering every time and learning from your mistakes. There's, you're always learning. I, I, I want to add, one, big, I wanna add one point to your three-step process that I think could absolutely change the game for a lot of people. I would say that if you are considering, if you go through those three stages and you still want to know if the train is any good for you, I would say go in for a half an hour consult or, oh, yeah. or an hour PT and I want you to pay attention to one fucking thing through the whole thing. I want you to pay attention to how you leave and how you feel when you leave. If you if you leave and you feel empowered and they've added to your life, then then you know that trainer's good for you. If you leave and you feel shitter about yourself or they've or they've told you or made you feel inadequate, then obviously, um, which some trainers I do hear putting people down um, at the very start, I I think you should you should clearly identify that. I think it's something I think it's massively important, and I, I see it happen a lot of times to women. Um, and it's something that doesn't go down too well with me. So maybe that helps one of you as well. So maybe add that into the there, list. There is a caveat to that though. Yeah, go Because for it. a lot of trainers can create value by giving you perceived effort. And what I mean by that is a lot of, a lot of people who are not aware of a good coach will go in and go, well, cause I feel puffed out and I feel like I've exercised, therefore there's value. Yeah. But the thing is, if there's no education without that, then, and I'm just going to smash you every week. What are you learning? No, I'm no, I meant I, I didn't. I'm not talking about the physical element of smash your, or smash the session or not. I'm not talking mm. about that. I'm talking about how do you feel mentally? Yeah, but a lot of yeah, but that's the thing. What I'm saying, a lot of people feel mentally when they've been smashed or they've worked hard. They think, well, that's it, right? Because when you've worked out, you come out of a session, you feel good, you feel pumped, you feel fucking good. Yeah. But at some point, if that's all it is, there needs to be more. There yeah, needs yeah, to be yeah, Progression yeah, yeah. and education. So that's what I'm saying. It's just a nuance there. Not yeah, disagreeing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. And then for the people who are online who don't get that privilege, then that's when you've got to follow those and have a look at what people are saying. But I would advise, like you said, to get someone at least, if you do get an online coach, you need someone to guide you through those exercises in the area. Perhaps those coaches can talk. The other one will facilitate the program. The other one will actually teach you the skill acquisition. That is what a personal trainer does. They personally train you to go through and move through those movement patterns effectively and efficiently because that will fast forward your success. And I talked about that today on a new YouTube um, episode which is again technique technique tell, tell, technique. Them, tell, them, tell them where it is tell them my YouTube channel uh, my YouTube channel is fearless training anything fearless training guys whether and, it's and, podcast whether it's YouTube Instagram Facebook Instagram, you've got it Facebook, all you've got it all and you can put it all in the, the, the show notes as well if you want but yeah it's yeah. just fearless training you'll find me white lion blue eyes and um yeah, it's uh, that. That's it, mate. And mate. Like, I'm always putting the free content out there. I have got the academy as well. I plug yeah, that. Yeah, plug the academy. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. It's the yeah, Netflix yeah, of fitness, yeah, yeah. baby. And we're just yeah. getting and started. And they get they get they get personal help from you in the academy as well. Don't they? The, the, the academy, not necessarily like it's me and a lot of other world class practitioners who've created content. But the great thing about the academy is it's a constant video library that is building with very specific information so you could go in and actually start to put together nutrition and training programs yourself, yourself. effectively yeah, 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 yeah. and have all the other support in the other areas like going to the supermarket reading food and that's fearlesstraining.com.au or .com fearlesstrainingunited.com fearlesstrainingunited.com yeah. guys so lots of exciting stuff to come there but I do online coaching and of course for those in the area who uh, have the luxury of being close I do have one on one as well that is pretty much full but again if you inquire we can have a look and uh, maybe there's some online spots in the meantime. Give, give them your personal Instagram so that, so that they've got you so if they yeah, want to reach yeah, out sure. to you personally. Uh, it's underscore Alex Connor. 
Nice there you go. There you go, guys. That is Alex Connor. And if you want to follow me, it's, it's Frankie with two E's, J Lee. Thank you very much, guys, for listening in today. I'm going to get Alex to drop some more knowledge about specific different training methods and this, that, and the other. I just wanted to give you an introduction to Alex and a little bit of a background into him, where he's come from and everything else. I think we've done that today. Um, it's been epic. And thank you very much again. And anything else? Oh, oh. Oh, go on. Oh, if someone does reach out to you yeah. and they've listened to this podcast, what is the one word you want them to reach out in the DM with? I'm ready to get fearless. That's more than one word, mate. <laughs> it has to be one word. Just, just fearless. <laughs> but because I usually say, you know, uh, we'll say like, for example, you know, until next time, stay fearless. That's like my tagline. Yeah, on there, right, what right. I do. Um, yeah, look, fearless or lion. All right, do do that. I, I would have thought something better than that. You've let me down there, mate. <laughs> oh, you said to keep it PG. Just just reach out and say, hello, uh, sugar tits or something. <laughs> That's more than fucking one word, isn't it? Jeez, you're breaking your own rule now. Hey, you, he said four. I cut just it, I keep, cut it off. Uh, for the promo code for 20% off, uh, just put bald. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get blocked. Right, anyway. <laughs> Peace out. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week and we've got some other exciting guests. And uh, yeah, Alex will be back in the future. Peace out. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.